Hello, and welcome to Prodcast, the number one podcast for product teams. The Prodcast podcast is dedicated to bringing you key insights and learnings from the world's finest product managers and product leaders. The only sustainable competitive advantage in your career is to continually learn and grow. And the Prodcast podcast is all about democratizing shared learning for product teams. This episode is sponsored by Product-Led Alliance and the Product-Led Festival. The Product-Led Festival is the first and only online conference dedicated to product-led growth. There's over 50 speakers from top companies such as Salesforce, Stripe, HubSpot, and so many more. The conference runs from June 2nd to June 4th, and you get five sessions for free. And if you use my promo code, PRODCAST20, you'll get 20% off individual or team passes. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the show notes, go sign up, and I'll see you there. On today's episode, I sat down with founder and CEO of Product School, Carlos Gonzalez de Biambrosia. Carlos founded Product School with the passion to help train the next generation of product managers. And on this episode, Carlos shares key tips and insights for how to land a PM role and how to grow in your PM career. So whether you're trying to break into the role for the first time, or you're looking to make that transition to product leadership, you're in for a treat. Let's get started. Hey, Carlos, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So to kick things off, could you give a quick introduction of yourself, a little bit about your background and what you're doing today with Product School? Sure. Well, I'm the founder and CEO of Product School, and uh, we're the global leader in product management training. And the reason why I, I did all of this is because I was a software engineer who became a product manager almost by accident. I didn't even know what I was doing. I also didn't know how to define what I was doing or what I liked. And after many years building products, I realized, first of all, that what I'm doing is called product management and that there is no real training or mentorship for people who want to break into this role. So I decided to build the first school to help the next generation of product people get access to jobs and best practices on how to build better products. Very cool. And I'm a big fan of product school and the work that you guys do from the YouTube channel to the podcast, all the, the live videos. So definitely recommend the, the training to anyone who's listening. Well, thank you. I mean, it, it, it's been a long journey. We started six years ago with just an idea and uh, it really resonated with a lot of people. As, as you mentioned, now we are producing over a thousand events per year. We have uh, multiple uh, trainings happening around the world all live online, and uh, over 500 product leaders from top companies such as Google, Facebook, Uber, or Airbnb, who constantly participate as speakers or instructors in our community. Yep, definitely top, top quality, for sure. So for, for the topic of, of today's podcast, we want to kind of talk through growing through the product career life cycle. And so starting from breaking into your first PM role to kind of advancing through your career. So to, to start, Carlos, for anyone listening who's trying to break into their first PM role, how do, you, how do you feel they should be preparing for that? I think that's a key question here. And I like how you broke it down between spiding product managers or existing product managers. So for spiding product managers, so first of all, there are a couple of things that are just not true. And I want people to, to know this so they they don't add extra pressure to their um, career. One is you don't need to be a software engineer in order to become a product manager, or you don't need to be a master's in business administration in order to become a product manager. What I mean by this is that 
product managers can come from many different backgrounds. It is true that the most common ones are engineering, business, or design, but there are different options. So the first thing is to really understand where you come from. And let's say, so we define product management as the intersection between these three groups, business, engineering, and design. So what I would say is that as a product manager, you are going to be a generalist. You are going to know enough about everything, but you don't have the time to be the best at almost anything. So let's say you come from an engineering background. I would, rec I would rec um, recommend people to really try to learn a little bit more about the other two areas, in this case, business and design. If you come from design, try to learn a little bit more about business and engineering because just being a better specialist at what you do today is not necessarily going to make you a better product manager. That's, that's number one. And then number two, it really builds something. At the end of the day, you're going to learn a lot just by doing. And uh, I don't think you need to wait to have the official product management title in order to start practicing as a product manager. You can build your own personal website. You can build a new feature proposal just for fun. You can participate in a hackathon. You can do a lot of things just to really get yourself out there and try. I think that's great advice. When I was trying to break into my first PM role, I found a, a developer friend who helped me start building a product and, and working with a developer and going through mockups and wireframes that, that was definitely helpful as I transitioned into a, a PM role. So I've heard that you know the associate product manager role or, or junior PM role is is undervalued in, in most organizations. And for the, the PM leader who, who might be listening, what is your view on the value of those entry-level PM roles? So it, this is a, a chicken and egg problem because the reality is there are not that many entry-level opportunities in product management. As a product manager, you are going to be collaborating with a lot of different uh, people, right? engineers, business. So even if you become a junior PM or associate PM, you're still going to have pretty big responsibilities. You, are, can, be, you can become a bottleneck to a lot of people. So that's why a lot of companies still require some experience, even for their entry-level PM opportunities. Now, what I would say is, first of all, there's a lot of confusion with titles. Some companies will call this associate product manager, other companies would say product manager, others would say product manager, intern, or junior product manager, others may call it even project manager. So my number one advice is try to dig a little bit deeper and really understand the requirements. What does the company really mean by this title? Because at the same time, I could give you an example. Companies like Google call everyone product managers. So you can see people with 10 years of experience whose title is product manager. So first is, is really understanding company by company. And then it's very important that you know what type of value you can add to them. Because I've seen this in a lot of our students and uh, candidates. They tend to get obsessed over the title. Their dream is to be a product manager at company X. But sometimes, especially if you don't have that title yet, it's more about really understanding what are the industries or the companies where you can really add value right away. And even if you don't have that title, how is the recruiter going to understand that you are really going to be able to, to really perform? And just give you a quick advice. One is you try, you, in general, try to move step by step. So what is, by this I mean is if you're a software engineer trying to work in a company that let's say it's an e-commerce that sells shoes online and you want to be a product manager, that's your goal. Well, there are two ways you can go about this. One is to identify other companies within the same industry 
or domain expertise that would appreciate your existing experience because even though most of your time is spent as a software engineer, you also know a lot about the product that you are building. You know how an e-commerce platform works, you know how a mobile app works, you know, in general, you can look for competitors or similar companies that would say, hey, this person might be a good fit because it, yes, it's a technical person and at the same time knows a lot about the industry. The other way to look at this is, let's say you really hate your industry. You really want to work as a product manager, but you don't want to do it in an e-commerce website. Well, then if you want to switch industries, I would recommend to do a horizontal move where you can work as a software engineer at a different industry and then from there try to switch to product. If you try to switch industries and roles at the same time, it's going to be almost impossible because it's very hard for a recruiter to really put you in a bucket, in a bucket and really understand the value that you can provide right away. I've, I've personally experienced that where I was in um... – I was in one industry and in one type of role and I was trying to get into the software industry and product and it, and it was almost impossible. So I, I did have to take that lateral move and it worked like you said. So No, I'd say it might take a little bit more of time, uh, but uh, you have to think of this as a, as a marathon and not just as a sprint. And um, sometimes you just have to continue giving before you ask. And the reality is this is a very, very in-demand role. It's very competitive. There are a lot of people fighting for the same positions and uh, before you ask, you really need to identify where you can really add that value. Absolutely. So at the beginning of the interview, you mentioned that you got into product management almost by accident. So for a brand new PM or someone who was kind of thrown into a PM role like you were, what are some of the foundational things that they should be doing to set themselves up for success in the role? Yes, and this is the main reason why I started Crowd School, because I, I hope other people can have an easier way into this role if that's what they want. So before, I think there was a misconception of, oh, product managers are these visionaries that were born with the special talents, kind of like Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. If you don't have great ideas or if you don't come from engineering or if you don't have an MBA, you cannot do this. Well, that's not true. There are definitely frameworks that we all follow and a certain set of good practices that you can learn. And to be honest, they are not rocket science. You just need to see them and hopefully have access to the right mentors that can guide you step by step. So what we did in our program was really break down the product management process and kind of do it step by step. So as I said before, we define this as an intersection between business, design, and engineering. We go through the entire life cycle. In every single step of the process, there are different deliverables that you need to create in order to move forward. So just to give you a very quick summary, as a product manager, you have to understand the opportunities that you have out there in order to prioritize what, which ones you are going to tackle first. And that requires a lot of conversations and data analysis and um, get the buy-in from your engineers and designers because at the end of the day, they are the ones who are going to implement those initiatives. Once you get on the same page, you're probably going to build a roadmap for everyone to understand what's next. Once you start moving forward, then you want to collaborate with your designers to start building different wireframes or prototypes for them to start um, understanding what's going to be the actual user experience. In parallel, you're also going to be working with designers, sorry, with engineers to identify all the different technical requirements and how they are going to be building the code while the designers are building the design. And you are this glue in between those two worlds that has to trans tra translate messages between one another and make sure that everything is going according to plan. And uh, 
as the engineers and designers start building, then you also want to coordinate again with the business teams because they need to get ready to announce this new feature that you are going to launch to market. And obviously you are going to be testing the, the results just to, to decide what to do after the end of the iteration. Obviously I just gave a very, very high level overview of the product development cycle, but at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. If someone breaks down the concepts for you and you have access to the right mentors and the right tools and you can build by yourself in a safe environment, then you realize that you are going to start getting used to this terminology and this way of thinking. And then you can apply that way of thinking, not just to the next job that hopefully you will get soon as a product manager, but to the current job as a software engineer, customer success, business analyst, or whatever title it is. And I think that's the key here. You have to believe that you can start learning and applying these concepts before you get the official title. Absolutely. And just from, from my experience, you can get, kind of get bogged down and there's a lot of talk about like the, the triads or quads where you're working with designers and developers. But I think that part that you mentioned about making sure that you talk to the other business units, uh, like marketing and, and customer support and, and those groups earlier in the process is, is just as important because um, I feel like in my own experience, sometimes we, we can wait too late um, to, to talk to those groups. So as a, a PM is looking to move up in their career, so they're, they've gotten the hang of this um, product development lifecycle working with these different groups. Now they, they're looking at how can I up level to become more of that senior PM or someone who's you know acting like a senior product manager might. But what are some of the differences of expectations from a senior PM as someone who's kind of just starting out in their, their PM career? I think the biggest difference is the type of skills you need to apply. When you started your career as a product manager, it's mostly about hard skills. It's really understanding how to create this, this process that works for everyone and make sure that everyone is executing according to plan. But when you start thinking about moving up your career ladder, you realize that at the end of the day, it's not about technology, it's about people. And uh, everyone has feelings and opinions. And uh, you have to start coordinating all of that because the impact that you are making now is, is bigger and bigger. So making that switch from being really good with your hard skills and really being on the, in the weeds building to becoming a leader and empowering others to lead as well, it's the biggest thing. And um, tactically speaking, uh, PMs are constantly communicating, communicating over email, over phone, uh, in person, whatever it is. So you really need to be, build that muscle to listen, not just to your customers, but to your team members, really trying to make trade-offs and, and make sure that it's not about just saying yes to everyone so everyone likes you. You're actually going to be saying no more than yes, but really having a logic behind why you're saying yes or no and, and backing up your hypothesis with data. This is something very, very important because you don't want people to follow you or not just because of the quality of your ideas. You want people to, you want to influence people based on first your, the way you communicate and, and, and connect with them, but also because you have data-driven hypothesis that backs you up. So it, it sounds like coming into it, hard skills are, are what the focus is. And then as you, as you grow in your career, there's kind of a switch to where you still have those hard skills, but now you're focused on, on more soft skills. So we know as product managers, we, we don't have direct authority over anyone, but we, you know, try to 
impact through influence. But, but as we do look to move up to where we have either our own uh, PM teams that we're managing or uh, into product leadership, what are, is there another level of transition that PM should be aware of as you go to take on more leader, leadership roles? Definitely. Um, now you've heard this term product leader or product leadership, which is not really a title, it's more of a designation. What I, what I mean by this is that as a leader, you are going to be working with other people. You are going to be spending less time doing and more time empowering. So think about the original example when I said that software engineers or designers or, or marketers, they, they have to move more towards the middle and do a little bit less of what they are good at and try to become more generalist and understand more about these other groups. As a PM, technically, you are also in the weeds because you are still collaborating with a lot of engineers, business and design teams. As a product leader or, or group product manager, basically as a manager of managers, you are going to be removed from the actual day-to-day. -day. Your focus is how do I build the best possible team? How do I set up the right culture? How to make other people collaborate and really understand high-level decisions that I'm making that are not just about one specific feature, but about the entire portfolio of products of your company. So leadership is obviously critical, and that's something that comes with time. It's really hard to become a leader right away, right after school. But the same way I said that the best way to become a product manager is to build and not wait for someone to give you the title. The best way to become a leader is to lead and not wait for someone to give you that promotion. Because probably the people who get the promotions as, as leaders or senior PMs are people who have been empowering others and helping others way before they got that new title. Almost doing the role before you get the title. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've talked about the, the three different levels, right? You have hard skills coming in then soft skills as you become more senior and then leadership skills as you, um, you know, throughout the process, but as you, especially as you take on those leadership roles. So at each of those levels, how important is it to uh, participate in continuing education and up-leveling your knowledge and what resources would you recommend to, to go and do that? Well, I'm a big believer in lifelong learning, obviously, and uh, I would put it in a, in a different way. I just can't imagine a leader who, or someone who wants to become a leader who is not constantly training. I can't imagine an athlete who wants to be number one and is not training and just relying on their natural talents. So especially in technology where things change so fast, it is absolutely critical to stay up to date. And there are obviously different ways you can do so. Uh, Product School is definitely one of those resources, but that's not the only one. You can, if you have access to, net, to mentors, you can reach out to them. Uh, there are forums out there, there are books. There are just in general so many different options. And, and I think that's also dangerous because we're in a moment where there's so much information out there that it's really hard to filter and know <clears throat> what's going to be good for you. So I would say in general, as a, as a junior product manager or someone with, let's say, aspirations to become a product manager, you probably need more structure and hard skills and really understand what are those frameworks that uh, best companies follow. As a product leader, I think it's more fluid. I think it's more about case-by-case -case basis. It's having mentors. It's having hopefully good managers at, at, at work that can help you. And uh, But at the end of the day, I don't want leaders to relax and think that, oh, just because I have the title, just because I'm a leader already, I don't have to continue building my muscle because 
uh, things change pretty fast. And I think that's the biggest mistake that any, any leader can make. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I love the analogy of the, the athlete, right? There's, there's no high level athlete that just rests on their laurels, right? They're always training and up leveling. So I think it's really good. Well, Carlos, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, this has been a pleasure and um, thanks for, for sharing with us. And I'm sure our listeners benefited a lot as much as I did. Thank you. Bye. That was Carlos Gonzalez de Ambrosia, founder and CEO of Product School. Carlos did a fantastic job of breaking down each phase of the PM career life cycle and how to progress through to each phase of it. Carlos and his team at Product School do great work. So click the link in the show notes to get connected with Product School, their content, and their certification courses. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we continue to bring you key insights from the world's finest product managers and product leaders. To help others find us, feel free to share this episode and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app and a review telling others what you like about the show. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Podcast.